0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. And wow, what an incredible leaderboard we have here at the 123rd U.S. Open. Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark tied at 10 under par. One shot back is Roy McIlroy. Another two shots back, three overall is Scotty Scheffler. Here's your staff for you. 24 consecutive U.S. Open winners have been within four shots of the lead heading into the final round. So if history repeats itself... The winner is either Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark, Roy McRoy, or Scotty Shaffer. Wow. What
1: a Wow, Rex, You still have your tie on. What are your thoughts on the eve of the final round? I think wow is it. I think wow does it. I think we can just end it there. Good, good analysis by you. <laughs> I, I, I would say that what we saw over the last 45 minutes – it's probably indicative of what we can look forward to tomorrow because I think in the last 45 minutes there was sort of a moment or two where everyone was high-fiving each other in the scrum area because we were going to have a Ricky-Rory final uh, group on Sunday. cheering in the press box. box. Uh, There was plenty of cheering going on. And then, of course, that gets flipped. Uh, Ricky bogeys the last hole, and then Wyndham-Clark birdies the last hole. So you have a complete flip on that one. But I'm still taken by the idea that we won't know – the champion tomorrow i think there's a very very good chance until the final plat. and that to me is kind of the definition of a good major and we can sit here and i'm sure we'll, we'll kind of dissect it over the next few days about whether this venue should be a u.s open venue uh it, whether or, or not the, the leaderboard is appropriate i, I just ca- keep going back to what you just pointed out you, you have wyndham clark ricky fowler roy mcelroy and scotty scheffler and they they seem to be the the three main characters and this. I don't know that it gets any better than that. I mean, you could certainly have a guy that comes from the back. I mean, you look at Justin, Justin Johnson right there. Xander Shafley had a really, really bad day and yet is somehow still, you know, remotely in it. But man, that was a cool finish. And I, I think we're gonna get the same thing tomorrow.
0: Excuse me, I was slighting Harris English. Harris English is also within four shots of the lead. So if history repeats itself, Harris English could still have a chance to win This I do want to address the simmering controversy, which was brought up by Wyndham Clark. He said he played the last three holes, Rex, in near darkness. The final group at this U.S. Open did not tee off until 3.40 p.m. local time. Rounds were slow. Uh, They did not finish until after 11 o'clock Eastern time, 8 o'clock local time. It was really dark. Uh, When I asked Ricky Fowler about it afterward, he said... You know, if it was if this was a regular tour event, if you were away from the clubhouse, you would be looking around, kind of waiting for an official to blow the horn uh, with the bogey putt that uh, Wyndham Clark had, that pivotal six-footer on the 17-greed. He said it was basically semi-blind, and they were just kind of playing it off of feel. And so he said he 100% believes that the impending darkness, the lack of light, contributed to his bogey on 17, and of course Ricky Fowler's three-putt from 40 feet on the 18th green, including a a three-and-a-half-foot miss. How much do you think that played a role, Rex, in what this Sunday's going to be? Because, I mean, Ricky Fowler had the solo lead to himself. Uh, Wyndham Clark, uh, bogey birdie uh, to finish. Roy McIlroy was unable to convert any putts coming down the struts. What do you think?
1: I'm going to throw the red challenge flag here real quick on on two fronts. One, I just want to be absolutely clear – that, uh, that you're leaning into the idea that, that you don't like the late start for the leaders, right? Is that what I'm picking up on? Just, just so I'm clear. I don't, I don't want to leave anything out there. I'm a, re- I'm a reporter. I am uh, uh-huh. reporting what Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler told me. Okay, because that is, is a byproduct. I think we can both agree of TV. Like TV loves the idea of a, of a prime time, of a late prime time finish on the east coast and it was dark it was very dark they're absolutely right i think that had a little bit more to do with late in the afternoon i think all day we had pretty much just glorious sunshine but late in the day you had i don't even think it was a marine layer i just think a, cra- a cloud cover came in and they Low probably clouds. yeah it probably cost them 20 minutes maybe you know as far as daylight goes and so it would have been close either way so i get whether what they're saying and they're probably right by the time those last two groups really finished up i would argue that yeah I, I can see what ricky was saying i can see them sort of pulling the plug on that the other thing i want to throw the review flag on is not on you <laughs> at all it's the folks who, who leave their very very kind comments uh on our podcast and, and i appreciate it I, we really do and i just want to go on record because i think something's getting construed here uh, you and i like each other or at least i like you i, I don't know about if it goes if it's reciprocal. reciprocal touch and not. go touch and go. And I only say this because I think what people are picking up on is the fact that we're working 15 hour days and probably a week from now when you and I go back and revisit some of these podcasts, we're going to be like, yeah, that was a little snarky. I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, but no, we do like each other.
0: Someone commented uh, on Friday night that I interrupt you too much. Uh, they said it, it seemed as though I'd been drinking all day. Uh, that was not the case. It was really just in the last hour. Um, but I do. I'm making a conscious effort in this podcast to not interrupt you as much because I would hate to be rude and I would hate to leave that impression uh, on our dear listeners and viewers. Uh, To button up the point that I was making previously, Rex, it was interesting. The last time the U.S. Open was held on the West Coast, that was 2021 at Torrey Pines. You know what happened that year, Rex? A 1.35 p.m. local time start. That is two hours and five minutes earlier than what you had at LACC, I understand Wyndham Clark's point, uh, and he said that they uh, that the final group of the U.S. Open was disadvantaged playing at this hour. Uh, and I just wanted to put that out there. I did think that was an interesting point that he made. Let's first start with,
1: Uh and they're starting. Not to interrupt you. Uh, sorry yeah. about that, but they are starting an hour earlier tomorrow. Just, yes, just so everyone, yeah, just to button
0: that. Yeah, up. it should be a seven o'clock local finish. Ten o'clock on the East Coast. That leaves time potentially for a two-hole aggregate playoff or the trophy presentation which could air on NBC. All right, let's first start with Ricky. Uh, He began the day at 10 under par, uh, finishes the day at 10 under par. Do you feel more or less confident in Ricky Fowler's chances on Sunday based on what you saw in the third round?
1: I would say unchanged. And, look, he got off to such a hot start. I felt like he birdies the first, he he birdies the third. I, I had the feeling that, oh, wow, like he could actually run away with this because he looked confident. I think this goes back to what you and I talked about this morning on live from when we did our hit. And it, you have to like his attitude right now. And I love his swing. Like I talked to Butch Harmon, and clearly they feel like he's all in a good place. But when you look at what he'd done over the first two days, there were a lot of birdies. I think 18 birdies did the first two rounds. But there was quite a few mistakes. There was quite a few bogeys. And you started to realize that on this golf course, which I think as both of us predicted, it was just going to get faster, it was going to get firmer, it was going to get more difficult. Those bogeys are going to start coming more often, and then we're going to be fewer birdies. And I think that's what you ran into today. I don't think there's any alarm bells. I would certainly say I, I'm still pretty confident with where he is. Listening to him talk tonight, I don't think he was leaking any confidence, so I, I still like his chances.
0: Uh, I like his chances as well. I did think, obviously, the the sour finish, missing a three-and-a-half-footer on the final green, you now have to sit on that for, what, 19 hours uh, before he can uh, hit another competitive shot in the U.S. Open. That always leaves a little bit of a sour taste for you. This was obviously the worst that he had played over the three rounds here at LACC. It was the fewest uh, fairways he hit. Not coincidentally, it was the fewest greens he hit. Uh, it was the fewest... Uh, a feet worth of putts that he made. It was his worst putting performance. And so that trend is a little bit concerning. But I I actually don't think, Rex, whether Ricky Fowler wins this major or not, is going to come down to some sort of physical attribute. Like, he doesn't drive the ball better than Roy Mackerel. He doesn't hit his irons as well as as Scotty Scheffler. He, He doesn't have the lack of scar tissue that a Wyndham Clark would have. Like, he just has to play patient golf, he has to kind of pick his spots, um, shoot 68, 69, just kind of make sure that he stays in it all the way to the end. He's had, I think when you look at his major career, uh, it has not been good when he's had a 54-hole lead. He's 2 for 10 in that position. He was even poor at the halfway point. And so he has had trouble historically closing out golf tournaments. He said, at least on Saturday night, I'm not scared to fail. You know, he's been through the depths over the past couple of years. I think that perspective uh, is actually more comforting to him. He doesn't feel like he needs to win a major. I think, what was the phrase I used on live from? Like, the burden of expectation has been shed. That's kind of been shifted around to other players. And so I actually think that it could be a little bit of a benefit for Ricky Fowler. How about Wyndham Clark? I, I mean, I think most casual golf fans who are turning into primetime, very late primetime on the East Coast on Saturday. uh, Probably don't know much about Wyndham Clark. Maybe they don't know he won at Wells Fargo last month. Maybe they don't know that he was a decorated junior and college player. Maybe they don't know that he's most likely to be on the U.S. Ryder Cup team later this year. Fully impressed with what Wyndham Clark did, uh, shooting one under an increasingly difficult conditions. How do you think he'll handle
1: his first spot co-lead in a major after 54 holes. I think you said scar free for Wyndham Clark, if I'm mistaken. If that was a it feels I'll give us three minutes ago uh, because you, you rambled a little bit there just to catch you up. Um, I, and, and I would push back on that. I, I know probably people who are watching live from this morning watched a feature on him that it looked like he was 14 years old, but he's actually a little bit older than that. It, it, and he's a little bit older than that, but he definitely has scar tissue. Uh, I covered the Wyndham, I mean, I'm sorry, I covered the Wells Fargo that he won, and he talked at length on Sunday night about. He kind of was to the point at the end of last year that he was thinking about quitting the game because he'd gotten close so many times and couldn't get it done. And in his mind, he was like, well, if if I can't win, I'm just not going to come out here as a job. Like, he wanted to be that player who tried to win week in and week out, not that player that tried to cash a paycheck week in and week out. You and I both talked to his caddy tonight, John Ellis, and I thought both of us were going after the same thing. Like, what did he learn, not only at Wells Fargo, but really since then? about himself that that he can get it done against really really good players wells fargo was a designated event so it had a that's really a mini major yeah it had a it had a deep field mid-major i'd even call it and it, on a really really difficult golf course maybe some would say statistically harder than what this golf course has been playing this week we haven't spent a lot of time talking to win about Wyndham clark and to fairness to us it's because rory and ricky and Xander and scotty they're all in the mix and that's who we're going to gravitate to but I don't know that either one of us are going to be surprised if he's the one holding the trophy tomorrow afternoon. I agree. He's absolutely ball striking the heck out of it. Uh, second
0: in the field, off the tee, making everything he looks at, gained nearly eight shots on the field, on the greens. He just has so much confidence. Right now when I ask Caddy John Ellis, like, what's the biggest difference and what's the biggest reason why you think he's made such a jump year over year? I mean, statistically, you look at his stroke skate approach year over year, like he was like 150th on the PGA Tour in approach has never been a very good iron player on the PGA Tour and this year he's you know elite you know, top top 25 in that category uh, has him has his best stuff this week at LSCC uh, but it has certainly been good enough the way that he's rolling it uh, I, I do not expect him to fade uh, I can see that I mean he's just just playing with a lot of confidence right now Roy McIlroy Rex yet another chance to win a major
1: is Sunday. Going to be his time. Why or why not? Uh, he's in such a different headspace than I've ever seen Rory, and I've covered him his entire career since he turned pro. And even tonight, there there wasn't sort of the relaxed joy that I think has kind mm-hmm. of come to define Rory. And I'm not saying he's tight. I'm not saying that he's in his own head. I'm not saying he's lost in his own feelings. I just don't know where he is because this isn't the Rory that we're used. To how covering. would you describe I, it? How how would you describe what like what's going on here? Sullen. I mean, if I had to pick a word off the top of my head, I would say selling, which is weird because he's put himself into contention at an event that he probably was not anticipating playing well at, if we're being honest. And again, I'll go back to and I'm, I'm done pulling these strings. Like I've kind of leaned into it all week long that I had a hard time picking him early in the week. I had a hard time picking him on Thursday and on Friday because, look, it's his words, not mine, that he had to do a swing change in the middle of the major championship season. And he knows it's not going to bet in overnight. And so he's that's what he said at the memorial so it's not as though he's filling us with any confidence and my guess and this is a, a very reckless guess but internally he knows that he's on the razor's edge if you look at strokes gain t to green this ball striking has been brilliant this week and i mean if it was a year ago and he was doing this i would have washed my hands and said no one else show up tomorrow i think R- you know rory's going to get this done i just still have so much doubt not so much about his sullenness is, is I think is it is the best way I can come up to, to say it but but just where the state of his game right now because if he can sustain this for one more day I love his chances tomorrow I just don't know if he can this is it oh you're calling this is, it
0: this is oh, it. wow this is this is the major that Roy McRoy breaks the nine-year slide he gets oh hook that, that off sound the, that's the headline he right off, there yeah. he gets off the schneid and wins this major championship. There's a number of right. reasons why I thought that. I thought the three foot miss by Ricky Fowler was important, giving him just a one shot cushion over Rory instead of two. I thought it was important for Rory uh, actually not to be in the final group, to not have the spotlight, to not have all of the buildup. He can go out with Scotty Scheffler, mano y He knows he's going to be seeing good shots all day long, but uh, Scotty Scheffler ball-striking machine. Uh, I think they can actually coast off each other. And he has not putted well, Rex. Roy Macra has over the past two days with the number of chances that he has given himself. And he missed just three greens in regulation on Saturday. If he just makes a couple of putts, he's shooting 67, and he is winning this golf tournament on on Sunday.
1: Uh, I like that. Going out on a limb, that's impressive. Let's cut that and make that the headline right now of this podcast, Lab. Roy wins on Sunday. And I... I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and pick Scotty. This is it. This is the win, one. For some reasons that I just described on live from. However, I, it's hard not to look at what Rory has done over three days. Uh, I will say this: it's going to be a mixed bag if you put it off because you will take the victory lap as you should. You you will remind me tomorrow I night mean, that oh, I call This it. is not. However, a, this is not a huge leap. I mean, he's one no, no, shot behind. No. I'll give you your victory lap. I'll, I'll give it to you because here's the deal: it, let's. But you're going. It's going to be crossed. Because what's going to happen is they're all going to drop anchor. And Rory's going to win at 9-under. And you're going to have to eat that stat that you have been throwing out for pretty much Roy's lifetime. And that's going to kill you. It's going to hurt you. You're going to be able to take the victory lap. But while you're doing it, you're going to fall down face first crying because you're going to be like, Ah, I lost the great stat. Nope.
0: Rory's winning this golf tournament at 10 10- under par or 11 under par it may be by one shot it may be by two shots but he is not going to win the u.s open in single digits under par the most flawed stat of all time uh will still live on another day it will be it will be fantastic it's not going to happen it's not going to happen he's going to win this thing double digits under par uh rex the reason why i have so much confidence in rory and he even said it uh, in his press conference is the fact he doesn't have to hit driver every way he he's he's plenty long. He's finding the fairways. He doesn't have the big miss. Like it's hard to it's hard to see how he could make a double bogey or a triple bogey or in Dustin Johnson's case, a quadruple bogey. Like he, he, the, the the big number's not there. Sure, he's probably going to drop a shot here or there if he misses a green, can't get up and down, whatever the case may be. Uh, but he's he's playing such smart, calculating golf. And you mentioned the sullenness that he seems to be playing with. I think it's a hard nosed, uh, hard edged determination that we haven't seen. You you know, I think when he was playing his best golf, he kind of had this exuberance to him, uh, the the, the jock swagger. This is not that at all. This is there's a there's an edge to him. Um, There's a there's a there's a grittiness to him that really has not defined his career. Uh, If it doesn't, if it doesn't come off on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be because he loses it. I think it's because someone went out and snagged it. Whether it's Ricky Fowler, who shoots a couple under par, whether it's Wyndham Clark, who plays a round of his life, whether it's Scotty Scheffler, who goes absolutely gangbusters and wins this tournament coming from three shots behind. But it's hard to imagine that Rory is going to blow it uh, spectacularly as he, as he has done uh, a couple of times over the past nine years.
1: I, I like that take because the idea of a tough Rory probably is what all of us would imagine. Yeah, that's probably what he needs to do right now. He needs to be a little selfish after everything he's been through the last year where he put himself out on a limb for the PGA Tour, and they turned on him. He said he felt betrayed. Uh, he felt like he, he that they did not take care of him the way they probably should have. I'll go the other way, though. I, I feel like you're probably right, but I don't think he's playing golf with joy right now. And I'm not saying that's bad for him. I'm not saying that's wrong. I, I We've seen plenty of golfers that don't play with joy and they seem to have a lot of success. I
0: think but- he's playing for himself right now. When I think Maybe. last year it felt like he was playing for something more. Obviously he, he said it a couple times, like he wants to win a major more than, than anyone wants to win it for him. But I think now there's a a, a, a selfishness, as you say, I think there's a, there's a desire to do it for himself, kind of screw everybody else. I want to win this one for me. I also think this sort of test is going to be conducive for the style of play that he has. As we think back to the old course, right, he was tied for the 54-hole lead with Victor Hovland there, thought he played very conservatively. Yes, he hit all uh, 18 greens in regulation, but he was very conservative with with his game plan, uh, wasn't attacking, and he ended up getting leapfrogged not just by Cam Smith but also Cameron Young as well. And so I think the style of golf that he has right now, calculating, plotting, uh, actually lends itself uh, to a Roy McElroy victory on Sunday. What do you think about Scotty, the flourish, Eagle birdie to finish, to even give himself a chance to win this golf tournament just three shots back?
1: Uh, and like, I'm going to go ahead and pick him uh, because, uh, part three of it
0: is because I Three shots behind
1: Rex. I know, but as we pointed out, as I pointed out just at the start of this podcast, in the last 45 minutes of, of today's round, things changed dramatically. And I would imagine it's going to be the exact same scenario tomorrow co- coming down the stretch. And it's going to be twofold for Scotty, one, whatever it is that we saw last night, Friday night with his driver. Apparently that wasn't what we thought it was. It wasn't his disgust. Apparently he cracked the face and his driver and he was taking the backup and he was striping it. And then he grabbed the gamer and he would pull it left. And he repeated this a couple of times till he realized something's wrong. And that was just his way sort of discarding once and for all the driver. And it was very impressive. Uh, the thing that gets me is he is, he's not hitting the ball yet. It was so good. It, it's, it's mostly an audio medium, but do that again for those of us for the visual medium in the audience. There it is. Well, and I don't even think you're doing it justice. Like it was so oh, it was,
0: it was pronounced. a flare. There was a, there, was a, there was a flourish to it, certainly.
1: It was theatrical, it was very good. Uh, he's not hitting the ball, uh, he's not leading the field. Strokes game T to green, which is shocking because he that's all he's done really the last two or three months. He is fourth, uh, he's fourth, but he's not leading the field because it, so it's shocking and he's probably only going to get better because that's what he does. He's a ball-striking machine. He's the robot. He's Ben Hogan, whatever you want to call him. And he's gained strokes on the field, on the greens, every single day. That's what's been the separating him the last few weeks. And I imagine he's going to do the same thing on Sunday. And I think in his particular case, he sort of has all those elements that make Sunday, which is going to be very, very difficult, add up to a victory. It does seem like players are starting to turn against Los Angeles
0: Country Club. We saw Matthews <laughs> Patrick kind of uh, sour on the, the the low-key atmosphere here at LACC. Victor Hovland came out and said that he doesn't particularly care for the golf course. Obviously, you remember what Brooks Kepka said on Friday where he said he wasn't necessarily a fan right now, sitting here on, well, I guess it's technically Sunday morning, in the East. Would you come back here for an LACC U.S.
1: Open? Well, that's it's 2039, if I have the math right. So, no, I, I, I won't be limping back, crawling back, having you wheel me you'll back. Be I mean, long, you'll be long gone by then. The sun, I'll be dead. You're, calling, that, you're that, killing that,
0: me. Cancer, that cancer spot on the forehead will just have, just have engulfed your, your, your entire face. It's, you're it's, killing it's over.
1: That's right. That's the second headline. <laughs> Lab News says Roy wins. Kills Rex. This is good Rex,
0: Rex Rex, dead by 2039.
1: From skin cancer, no less. That's going to come <laughs> back. That headline's going to hurt. <laughs> Literally. <Yeah. laughs>
0: what do you think how how is this how is this u.s open going for you
1: uh i get what i get the problem that that players are having with it and i think this has a lot to do with the idea that i I don't even think it's the golf course because i think once we leave here and everything plays out the way it plays out on sunday i think there's going to be a level of of appreciation when you can look at the entire product and see how the golf course has evolved from thursday when there was record scoring to sunday when there's not going to be record scoring. I think we can all agree with that. The other elements of that, and I think you pointed out, sort of the on-site experience, that's problematic because it's a small crowd to begin with. It, they limited it to just 22,000 people a day, and uh, I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing that I did in Rochester, and all those people came at me. You gotta, you're got going to leave early? No, I'm not, oh. that's not the thing I'm talking about. I'm going to make fun oh. of the crowd, and, and, and all of L.A. is going to come after me. But It's an LA crowd. Like it's just, I feel like you're kind of at a Lakers game. They're not a golfy crowd. Dodgers
0: game, yeah,
1: yeah. And so you you don't have that feeling. Uh, However, and and I think this is is going to be the deciding factor. TV loves it here because we're in Beverly Hills, and you're you're getting nothing but really really cool panoramas of everything around is UCLA and Beverly Hills and everything else that goes into this. And get a primetime finish on, on the East Coast, which you have ridiculed, but TV loves that. And the other half of it is the USGA is going to make a ton of money off this one because corporate hospitality is through the roof because that's essentially the only people who are on property. So as much as guys might not like it, I think this one's here to stay, like it or not.
0: It's here It's here to stay in 16 years when we are scheduled to return for the US Open. And i And that is... The bottom line, I'll be replaced by some sort of AI bot, uh, so technically uh, I won't be here either covering the U.S. Open. All right, let's get to it for this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. Make sure you guys go to golfchannel.com for all of our news, notes, analysis, commentary, features from the third round of the U.S. Open, previewing the final round where, once again, Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark shared the 54-hole lead, and that penultimate group, ooh, baby, Roy McRoy. Scotty Scheffler can't wait to get out to LACC on Sunday. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back on Sunday night for full recap. It's 123rd U.S. Open.
1: I can't believe he killed me.